I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP show. Before we chat with today's guests, if you're interested in the 90-day mentoring challenge, check it out at akoarkor.nz365guy.com. That word akor is actually a Maori word that uh, is about learning. Anyhow, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is all the way from Vancouver, Canada. He's a solution architect for Hitachi Solutions. He's an MVP, of course. He's a Microsoft certified trainer. Uh, he's an avid hiker and often goes kayaking, and he's in probably one of the best places in the world to do that. He loves ice hockey. You can check him out on Twitter at flow underscore Joe underscore or his blog, flowjoe.io. Joe Irwin, welcome to the show. Hey, it's nice to be here. Mate, aka Flojo, isn't man? You're just famous now, right? For that, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, quite funny, really. Just suddenly, um, I was just talking to some people, thinking about getting into like something new, and found out about Microsoft Flow at the time. Um, someone called me Flojo, and it's stuck ever since. Yeah, it's just Amsterdam. Was yeah. it? Did it? Did it all kick off in Amsterdam? That conference that we're at. Wasn't yeah, yeah, definitely. That was my first my first conference that I went to, yeah. Who would have believed the world would have changed so much from us all, you know, partying at that conference? <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's surreal, right? Like I've, I've moved country, the uh world's kind of changed as you said. Um yeah, it's uh, it's been crazy couple of years. Yeah, just unbelievable. And of course, for you there's a big pivot in what you did, but Maybe not everybody that's uh, listening today know who you are. So I always like to ask my three Fs, uh, family, food, and fun, what they mean to you. Um, I could have made it four Fs, but then we would have probably had to put in uh, uh, kind of a, 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 it would be higher than PG, wouldn't it? It'd be an R rating we'd have to put on it. (laughs) So let's just stick with family, food, and fun, Joe. Sure. Um, Family means uh, a lot to me. I, uh, I really think that you should pick your family. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big supporter of that. And myself, my wife, and my two cats are kind of my whole family right now. We are, uh, we're loving life. Like the pandemic has been stressful for a lot of people, right? But we've got to spend a lot of time together, and I'm, I just, I just, uh, really grateful for that. So tell, tell us a bit about. You know, you're in this amazing city of Vancouver. Um, when when you want to treat yourself food-wise, where do you go? <laughs> well, um, so before the before all of this stuff happened in the world, uh, we were going to a place called the Keg quite a lot. It's it's quite a famous Canadian um, like steakhouse type thing really good it's just it reminded me of the pub food at home right so 
uh, adjusting was really good. But r- more recently, I've, I've been introduced to Popeyes, um, proper American trashy food, and it's just so good. I can't stop. I can't stop eating it. It's like just the the chicken, the spicy chicken burger. It's just uh, it's just out of this world. I love it. Um, but other than that, there's just so so much authentic Asian food here. It's just so good. Like um, you get so much good Japanese food here as well. Um, I love I love um, ramen. Uh, it's just it's just I love watery soup type uh, food. Um, I, I assume it's because it's on the Pacific Ocean, right? Where you know we have strong Asian influences, and we're at the bottom of the Pacific. And then you're at the top of the Pacific, and of course Japan's there. Um, plus, you know, we sweep right down across a lot of Asian countries. I suppose that's why, um, you know, as people have migrated over time, they've brought their food habits, I suppose, to our cities. Uh, yeah, definitely. And I mean, they've probably moved here just like I have, right? Because it's <laughs> it's the least cold place in Canada. So um, you're kind of getting a all, all in one with this Vancouver it's just there's so much culture here it's great are you a coffee drinker I am not I do not like hot drinks at all wow wow because I was just saying like Vancouver always I feel like you can get some good coffee there uh yeah there's 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 um there's great coffee here I've been told by my wife <laughs> <laughs> so what I find funny right when I met you uh heck I've spent time in your house when you're in the UK um, and you know, we've chatted and stuff lots and, and, and you've moved to Canada, we've moved back to New Zealand and, and it's funny that there's really three people that are quite influential in the, the business application community, yourself, your wife and Scott Durrow, all from the UK and now all in the Vancouver area. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, Canada's growing uh, tremendously, and um, it's it's so good to be right next to America as well, right? Because I'm just a two hour drive down to Microsoft, and obviously, when they when they open up, I can drive back down there. It's uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a really really cool and freeing place to be, really. So. Um, it's it's incredible to see all of the new and upcoming people as well. Um, just all of the community here is, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's great. Tell me about the vibe in in Vancouver around the community. So um, before all of this stuff kicked off, we started a, um, we there was actually two Vancouver um, communities here. It was uh, running alongside each other. Um, there's one in Calgary as well. Um, but we was getting a lot of like interest. Like Microsoft was really supportive, really helping out, like setting up uh, places where we can go talk and everything like that. And everyone's really excited because Vancouver is a really tech-oriented place as well. And there's just so many people, especially now, that are looking to change their careers. They More and more people want to work from home, right? So... They've um, they've they've just all started like looking at uh, what they can do, and again, the pa- the power platform enables these people to do that. Um, so the vibes really picking up here. It's uh, it's really yeah, it's really exciting to see. Are you seeing employers open and embracing the the move to um, 
I don't want to just call it working from home. I think working from anywhere or working from, you know, what's right. Because I see, I still see some companies and it surprises me, you know, we're almost two years now into this pandemic and it's affected everybody's lives. And yet you're still seeing some companies going, you know what, as soon as this is off, everyone's going to be back in the office, you know? And I'm just like, whoa, like, haven't you realized the, the world's totally different now? Like, uh, like, uh, you know, I negotiated my job role. I'm working for a company full time in another country. And the agreement was I am not required to go and live in that country. I'm not required to go and live in a uh, major city center. Um, and that was agreed up front as part of the you know employment negotiation. And I think that a lot more people... Um, one, it opens to companies, you know, the access to talent like never before. You know, you don't have just the talent of the people in your local areas. You can have talent from anywhere. But one of the concerns that these companies are having are around, well, it'll affect our culture. How do you answer that? Um, I I don't think... I don't think it'll affect our culture too much. Um, in any, if anything, I think it'll improve our culture because, as you said, there's people from all over the place that are going to be interacting with each other on a daily basis, working together. It kind of, it kind of has like streamlined the globalization of the workforce, and I am a big supporter of that. I, I really don't like. And what I call an old mindset of being in the office twenty four seven, because just and, and I understand some people want to be in the office, but I just I feel that forcing people to do that is just a detriment, um, and it's it costs so much money to have all of these offices as well, especially for startups, right? And <laughs> there's so much there's so much um living space that we need as hu- as humanity right now especially in like vancouver for example right uh where s- house prices are skyrocketing and that i feel that we could <laughs> just convert those offices into um living spaces and just have like a a floor where everyone could go work and just chill out right yeah um, yeah yeah and I mean, I've been I've been working and interacting with people from around the world for over ten years, and like this isn't this isn't new. This isn't something that's different. It's just now there's a lot more people doing it. Yeah, so true. How did how did you, how did your career take this? You know, how, how did you get into technology first of all? Why why was it that and not you know becoming a doctor or a nuclear physicist or something else? So. I studied criminology at university. Um, I really liked to under—I really liked to understand why something occurs, right? Um, and then when I when I left university, that's when all of the um, housing market and everything like that went crazy. Um, so there was limited jobs and stuff like that, um, and there wasn't really many jobs in. Uh, cr- criminology <laughs> like the whole government's locked down and they stopped recruiting and stuff like that um but i've i've always had a passion for um for, for technology and i was really worried that working with technology would uh kind of destroy my passion for it um but i got a job straight out of university uh working for um, an awesome small company where I was effectively maintaining and then started building websites 
And then from there, it just um, spiraled into me working for some really large corporations, ended up working at a place called Derivco. It's massive gaming, um, uh, massive uh, gaming culture that was based out of South Africa. And then I uh, worked for the University of Cambridge. And while doing this, I was like going down the automation route. Um, I preferred to, because I really liked QA, but I also liked development. So um, I went down automation testing route, uh, which was really fun. Awesome. Awesome. And then, you know, although I'm intimate with the, the transition, um, what's your story of, of getting into the power platform? Yeah. So like I had done, I had done automation testing for around six to six to seven years. And I kind of felt like I'd learned everything. <laughs> um, I, I saw I saw a ceiling and I couldn't go past it and I just I was I was getting frustrated um, and often with uh, testing it gets dropped first right um, because it's the easy way to save money and uh, so I kind of just got really frustrated at work and really frustrated at my position because I was really passionate about it um, yeah and then I just happened to go to this conference started speaking to some people. Uh, we inter- interacted about Power- uh, Microsoft Flow at the time, um, and I was like, "Oh wow, there's this like automation, um, automation like software that's effectively doing what I'm spending days and days and days coding." So I went home, I turned on the camera, uh, made a video of me interacting with it for the first time, and I uh, just fell in love with it. Really, um, that's that's why I've got the name Flojo, right? Is I, I'm I'm just very passionate about like power automate and automation itself. Now we've got uh, a power automate desktop, which um, I'm making content for, and uh, yeah, and now I've got here. And for the last two years, I've uh, been working uh, exclusively with the Microsoft stack. So yeah, it's really good. Awesome. Tell tell us about RPA and uh, what have you been doing and what excites you about it. So RPA has been around for a long time. It's a robotics processing automation. Um, it's it's the the terminology hasn't, but um, in terms of like uh, taking something and automating that process, um, it's it's been around for quite a while. And automation testers um, have been doing s- similar stuff, right? They've been opening up websites, uh, entering information, and testing to see if that has actually occurred. Well, now what uh, a big focus on is like old legacy systems that want to interact with, say, the power platform. Maybe you want to have a dataverse in the cloud, but you've got an old system that has no APIs or anything like that. You can essentially open up on your own uh, server um, your application, run PowerMate Desktop, and effectively do RPA by gathering information or entering information into it that you've gathered from um, Power Automate. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a really fantastic um, thing for legacy software. But not only that, it's, um, it's, it's great for anything that doesn't have an API, basically. Are you, have you automated anything in your own life with it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I use Microsoft Flow to, uh, Microsoft Flow Power Automate, um, cloud i i use that um to do all of all of my like automation because i i am heavily a api focused but power on my desktop i haven't ne- necessarily because everything i use now is 
on the internet, right? Like, I don't, I don't necessarily have any legacy systems at home. Um, but there's really cool things that you can do with um, PowerMate Desktop that's not just legacy systems. For example, like if you want to clean data from an Excel file, you can load that Excel file um, into memory um, on PowerMate Desktop and then use SQL commands against it. So rather than having to cycle through each row, which will take you a couple of hours, uh, you can do it in split seconds and just filter all that information out and have your nice, clean Excel document. Nice, nice. I'm just wondering if there's a use case around uh, interacting with the desktop because that's one of the things that you can do, right? And I'm wondering if there's a option to, you know, f- build out some that I can say, hey, she who shall not be named on the speaker next to me, you know, do X on the computer, like shut down or mute or um, reboot or any of these type of things that rather than having to do it via a keyboard, I could just flick those commands to the device, because I don't want to necessarily open up Cortana or anything, because it's never, I feel Cortana has not gone into everything as it needed to, to become, you know, part of our lives. But the other people, uh, the other devices, they have definitely become part of my life. Um, you know, from I using to, to lock the building, to do, to run a whole bunch of sequences, you know, whenever I leave the property, they can take the GPS position of my phone, and if I've forgotten something, they will carry it out. It's, like, amazing. But I've never got that type of automation just on a desktop level. You know, um, my computer might be running, I've gone to bed, and I hear the notification come through, and I'm like, damn it, I didn't mute the machine, you know? And i just like to t- turn to the device next to me and go, you know, shut the fuck up, and uh, and it would sh- and it would mute the device, you know, in the other room without me having to get up and go do it. You could definitely do that on your desktop, right? Like, I mean, the whole the whole premise is that you can control your PowerMate desktop from PowerMate Cloud. So you could just download the PowerMate mobile application and press a button, which would then kick off your desktop flow of i.e. shutting down your computer, for example. Um, so yeah, it's definitely possible. Everything, everything you do and interact with as a human on a desktop PC, you could, you can effectively mimic, um, doesn't necessarily mean you should, (laughs) uh, as with all automation, you've got to consider, is it worth it? Is it worth the return on investment? And it, but if it is, then yeah, sure. Go for it. Uh, you can do anything. So true. So true. Cool, man. Um, final question before I ask you some random questions. Um, getting the MVP, did it, did it change things for you? What was the impact on your career? Some people say it, 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 you know, uh, it, it does. Some people say it doesn't. What was it for you? Um, for me, like I knew quite a lot of the people, um, uh, in the community beforehand. Right. So, uh, for me, it opened up more discussions with directly with Microsoft. Um, and I think that enabled me to grow significantly more, um, because I just, I was able to interact with the product group. I I was able to actually find out what was going on, how I could help, um, things that were coming in the future. It was just really, a, a really awesome, uh, like scene to be a part of. Um, but has it necessarily impacted my career significantly? Um, probably, I, I guess, I guess I would say probably the reason why I'd say probably is because, um, you don't have to be an MVP to be, uh, great in your field. You don't have to be an MVP 
to have recognition for being great at something. Um, but does it help? Yes, it does. <laughs> um, so I would say, yeah, it's, it's probably helped my career, but I, I, I don't, I don't think that I would have slowed down if I wasn't an MVP. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Cool, man. Alrighty. Quick fire questions. Let's go. Okay, would you rather hear the good news or the bad news first? Bad news. I'll ask one that I know your wife would ask. <laughs> uh, oh, what, if you're a vegetable, what would you be? <laughs> I, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say potato because I know that they'll hate that answer. Uh, I love it. Anyhow, that wasn't one of my questions. Um, if you could go back in time, what one thing you w- would you tell your teenage self? <laughs> Buy it. Buy Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> totally, right? Totally. Um, what's your most used emoji? Um, the thinking face. The one where it's just looking up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I've been online with a, a person recently who uses the big goggly eyes quite a bit. <laughs> and I realized what it is. So somebody, you know, posts some information and then he's using that to say, I'm reading it. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't have interpreted it as that. Yeah, like I'm looking at it, I'm reading at it, you know, but uh, yeah, I'm not going to add any other comment after that point. So yeah, interesting. Joe, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been awesome. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 guy. If you want to support the show? Check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash nz365guys. Stay safe as always out there for you, folks, people, the universe. Ciao for now.